Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up to the minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, the game starts here. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the dog check. I am Max Loeb, Loeb's Leads here with a special guest, Christian KFC, coming on from down with the Browns to talk a little NFL draft, NFL combine. Christian, how are you? Thank you for coming on, first of all. How are you doing today? Bro, great. It's an honor to hop on the Dog Chick podcast. I'll stop it truly it. is. Well, we're, we're we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. It's a it's a time of year where you can only speculate and you can only talk about certain things. But the NFL Combine technically started yesterday, but most of the drills don't start for the next day or two. It's, yeah. it's a fun, fun time. As I'm sure a lot of people do know, the Browns do not have a first round pick this year, <laughs> but they are picking in the second round, the third round, two in the fifth two in the sixth, and one in the seventh. The first pick being that 54th overall pick, which, again, you know, there's good value there. It's trade ammunition if you want to trade up. Mm -hmm. It it matters. It matters. and It really does. When you look at the mock drafts on social media and ESPN, all these network TV stations, like, you don't see the Browns, and, you know, rightfully so. But it doesn't mean there isn't value to be found in the draft. So as we look at the combine, I'm curious, Christian, are there any of those second, third round guys that you're looking at specifically in the combine now to stand out more athletically? Yeah, I'm excited to see Xavier Worthy. I think that dude, honestly, I think he's going to have such a good combine that he might not be available for us mm. then. I mean, right now he's speculated in that second round, maybe mid to late, kind of depending on how boards fall. But I think after the combine, his 40 is going to be like eye opening, his vert, how fast he can. His little twitch, you know, I think that's going to be big. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Xavier Worthy is an athletic monster. And, you know, this that's the time where you do look at the 40, you look at the athletic, more athletic things from the combine rather than the, mm-hmm. the drills, the cone drills, the hands drills. And you see players who stand out. I, I'm with you. I think if if Xavier Worthy has a really good combine, I don't know if he'll be there, even in the second round, not even at 54. Yeah. Even in the second round. I think that's a good call. I am 100% with you in the fact that receiver is a really, really good place to look for the Browns mm-hmm. with that second. And honestly, even the third round pick at 85, like there are a few guys that are out there. I am fascinated to see what happens with Keon Coleman because I think oh, yeah. – that's a guy who, you know, early on when the when the NFL season ended, was a consensus top ten, top fifteen pick. He's not even going in the first round of some mocks now for whatever reason. For whatever reason, and I don't know about you, I I believe in the combine and I love seeing the, you know, athletic feats. I love seeing how players stand out in comparison to others, but I do think there's more to be figured out on tape. So for yeah. a guy like Keon Coleman. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if the athletic showing was so good that he stuck out a little bit more. But when I turn on the tape, I, I see a guy that is a first round pick, but you know, for some reason is kind of falling in some of these mock drafts and is not as valuable, at least to, to the public eye. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, you go watch his tape, man. He's like mossing kids. Like, I mean, he's jumping up one handed, snagging stuff on pretty good corners. Mm -hmm. Like some of the matchups he's had in the past year. I mean, no slouches. And then they went, what, 12 and or 11 and one last year? Undefeated till the uh, um, five, six game with Georgia. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I mean, he's a stud. If he falls, I mean, I'm not going to be mad at it one bit. But yeah. like you said, the combine, he's probably going to jump up some boards. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I have a question. If the Browns were to trade that second round pick, which, to be honest with you, I, did, I think is more likely than people think it's sitting right in the middle. Like they could see yeah. a guy that they really like is falling or some of their top guys are off the board when they're picking. Do you think they're more likely to trade up or trade down if they get out of that pick? If they're going to trade up, it has to be somebody. AB is just like, I got to have this guy on the squad next year. Yeah. But knowing AB and his past tendencies, they're going to trade back if they're going to make a trade. Because, I mean, the past few years, we've traded back. Like last year, I mean, it involved Elijah Moore, but we traded back, I think, 30-something picks. year before yeah. that, when we took Martin Emerson, traded back again. So it's just kind of like his mantra is to trade back. But, you know, I mean, it's kind of like a do or die right now for wide receivers. So if there's a wide receiver that's kind of falling a little bit late in the first, I mean, I could see him packaging that second and some other stuff. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think the priority for the Browns in this draft has to be depth in the trenches. I think mm -hmm. probably more offensive than defensive, especially because, I mean, we've, we talked about it a ton on here with Eric and any other guest. seems like it always comes up, the tackle situation. Like one of the two guys who has a big contract is probably going to get cut or traded. That's the reality mm -hmm. of it. Probably gone. So you're going to have to build up that depth. I think that has to be the priority. But if you're not going to go out and get a receiver in free agency, if you're not going to go out and – I don't know, maybe trade for a guy. The draft has yeah. to be has to be a spot, especially 54, where you got a lot of leverage to trade up or down. That's that little sweet spot where certain teams are already trading up and down for guys they do and don't like. They're a little bit more fluid, especially the draft picks that are in that 45 to 50 range right in front of the Browns. They're always fluid, always moving. So mm -hmm. I'm with you. I think if the Browns really do like somebody, they can move up. And again, I know people look at the Browns and, no first round pick. You know, you feel like you trade away all your assets for Deshaun Watson. It's not really the case. I think the flashy assets are gone. Yes. But the assets yeah. period are not. So those trades can still happen. I think there are still players out there, especially in that mid to late second round that the Browns can get. And I feel, again, I feel very confident in Andrew Barry and the ability to evaluate players because they've drafted moderately well the past couple of yeah. years. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, Martin Emerson two years ago in the third round. Yep. One of the better corners in that draft. I mean, I mean, you had Sauce Gardner in that same draft. But, I mean, there. I don't think there's much of a drop. I mean, Sauce is Sauce. But, I yes. mean, MJ, for where he's at, I think that's probably one of the best picks in that draft. And then last year, Dewan Jones in the fourth. Yep. The dude can spot talent. So, yeah. I'm not – so, I mean, I'm fine with this trading back. Because I know Andrew Barry's got it in his hands. He's going to give it a little kiss before he makes that pick. Yes, he and is. It's going to be magic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another fascinating thing to look at with those mid to late round picks, we just talked about a little bit before we started recording, is the quarterback situation. Because mm -hmm. you have Deshaun, you have DTR. You're going to need a third guy. Is it going to be Flacco or do you try to go get somebody? I'm curious as to 
hear what you think because financially probably would make more sense if you drafted somebody, especially mm-hmm. if it's fourth, fifth round pick. But I'm curious, what do you think? I, w- I mean, I would like us to get Joe Flacco back, but I think that that would cause more of a locker room divide because let's say week one, let's say Deshaun doesn't have the best game of his career. People in that locker room would be like, when well, Joe won us to get that game last year. And so, like, I don't yeah. know if they're going to want that coming into this year because they're going to be wanting, okay, Deshaun, this is your third year. We need you to be that guy. We don't want any distractions in the locker room. So I could see that happening. Um, or maybe like a Jacoby Brissett kind of knows the system, something like that. Yeah. But money-wise, I think is the way they'll go because a lot of these contracts are starting to add up. I mean, you got JOK next year. Yep. Um, I would say Greg Newsom, but I think we trade him this offseason. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I think uh, – I wouldn't be shocked if we get maybe two second-round picks, maybe. Maybe. Okay. But uh, you said it yesterday. I kind of like Spencer Rattler. If he falls yeah. to like the fourth, maybe, maybe somewhere in there, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that pick. Yeah, I also think Spencer Rattler, like we talked about yesterday, finished the college season really well has a lot mm-hmm. of good tools, can throw the ball well, but is a better athlete than a lot of people think. And the direction of the Browns offense, at least what we expect, is going to be more what it was like when Deshaun Watson started um, this past mm-hmm. year, coupled with what Ken Dorsey would do with Josh Allen, right? The quarterback run is still very much a thing. And I know Ken Dorsey has talked about there being you know differences between guys like Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Cam Newton, even though they all share that that mobile quality. I could see Spencer Rattler coming in and excelling in that system compared Mm -hmm. to some of the others because of his athleticism. I don't know where he will go. I don't know if the Browns really like him, but I think Mm -hmm. like we talked about yesterday, like that's a fourth ish round guy that is going to be a good backup or a good third string. But then I go back to what the Browns already have. Like you have a guy in DTR who they drafted late who fits the system really well and who has operated in the system has had some success in the system Mm -hmm. too. I think people are really hard on DTR for what happened last year, too. He's the late-round rookie, day-three rookie coming in, filling the shoes of a guy like Deshaun Watts. It's hard to do. It's hard yeah. to do. It's unfair to him. But I, I do think they have a good thing going. I would, if I had to make a prediction, I would say they probably don't go quarterback late in the draft, and I think mm. they bring a veteran in. I I don't know if it'll be Joe Flacco. It's tough yeah. to say. That locker room divide is a real thing. I, I've heard a couple people talk about that. Honestly, I, I hadn't thought about it, so I heard it from somebody else the first time, but it's a real thing. Like, if Deshaun doesn't yeah. play well, you're going to have maybe people in the locker room, but I can guarantee the media is going to be saying, well, what, why don't we just play Flacco? We saw what he could do last year, right? Yeah, it's kind of like the reverse of, like, having that rookie quarterback and that middle-aged quarterback that's, like, yeah. that fine line between, like, good and, like, great. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, he's old and he's getting paid all this money. Why not go with the rookie? Just cut ties with him. But it's like the Uno reverse. Like, it, he's the old guy and everybody loves him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm with that is a That is a perfect analogy. It's like the, the reverse Dak Prescott, Tony Romo. It's, it's very, <laughs> yeah. very interesting. But, yeah, we, we wait to see that. I think we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the episode, too. You look for offensive line depth, but you can't build the depth without building the starting lineup first. I talked about this yesterday on the Dog Check Socials, which you guys can all follow Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. They're all linked below. Uh, What is your ideal starting offensive line for the Browns? Actually, let me rephrase it because every time I ask this question, every single person says the same interior guys. So the center and the guards are probably going to stay. Yeah. 
Yeah. What do you yeah, think yeah. happens with the tackle situation? I should ask. So I think they may go Jack Conklin to the left side and keep Dewan Jones at the right because I mean okay. he's a he's a younger guy. You want him to get established in what he is. Like you yes. want him to be that dominant guy. You don't want to put too much on him because he is still young. Get him solidified in that right tackle position. Jack Conklin, a little bit older, more experienced. I think that he would be an easier transition to that side because he's played more in the NFL, despite not playing as much for the Browns over the last four years. Yep. But, I mean, I think that would move over better. Okay, I like that. I am 1 million percent with you in keeping DeWan Jones on the right side. Like, you, at least in my eyes, have one of the best young tackles in the NFL. I don't want to take a risk of screwing that up if it means moving mm-hmm. somebody to the quarterback's blind side. I don't think you do that. And I also think, and Eric brought this up a couple episodes ago, it's different without Bill Callahan. You have a new offensive line coach coming in. That transition is going to be difficult. The bottom line with Wills and Conklin. Um, But at the end of the day, like I – I, I would rather not transition somebody over, to be honest with you. And I know Jed Wills has not been this guy that we yeah. thought he was going to be, but comfort thing, I think. It's a comfort thing, and keeping Jed Wills on that left side, again, he's a guy that's moderately young too, and mm. you can't just give up on somebody after their first couple years. You know, you, you let him work in the offensive line, and honestly, could be the best offensive line they've had if that left tackle spot is short up in, I don't know, five, six years. But – I don't know. I think you keep Jed Willis on that left side. Obviously, you keep DeWan Jones on the right side because that, that seriously could become a franchise cornerstone. It, it really could. I think there's some yeah. really, really good things with DeWan Jones. Again, it's, it's his first year. He stepped mm-hmm. in and stopped some of the best pass rushers in the NFL. He can move well in the run game, too. He, he's got some really special tools. Yeah, and the one thing that kind of I think is holding the Browns back from maybe getting a better left tackle is the contracts that are due this year between Jed Wills, Jack Conklin. Because, I mean, I think it's like 30-something million just between them two. So, and, like, it's a lot of dead money if you try to get rid of Jack Conklin. So that's why I think that they'll try, like, a one-year thing with him. Because I think after next year, which I know there's, like, injury incentives with him, um, but I think there's, like, a way we can get out of that contract next year. Mm -hmm. I think I may be wrong on that, but – that's that's the only thing I think holding them back, and like I really don't want like James Hudson out there playing left tackle. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think a lot of people do. And it's crazy to think that even with how bad their tackle situation was, honestly, I can just say this year: Conklin went down week one. I Wills went down towards middle-ish of the season, mm-hmm. um, and then Dewan Jones went down with about a month and a half left. Even with how bad it was when Jones went down. Like, they were still playing well. Granted, they weren't pass protecting well. It was clear to see. But even without Nick Chubb, they were running the ball super efficiently. Uh, Granted, the offense changed a little bit, but they ran the ball super efficiently. They Mm -hmm. pass protected okay. They weren't great, but they they were honestly probably better than I would have thought if you're on your fourth and fifth starting tackles at one point. Like, I don't know. I think there's good things to build on, and understanding how good the Browns were (laughs) with that bad of an offensive line is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. You can well, keep Deshaun Watson upright, and then the rest will go from there. 
Yeah, but one thing about the uh, new offensive line coach is where he was from Seattle. Seattle yeah. dealt with a lot of injuries as well last year. Like I think honestly, I think they had more um across mm-hmm. the starting five and they still graded out as a top ten um mm-hmm. offensive line. So I I mean I think I think one thing that I th- will help this year with him is I think he'll be able to connect with the players a little bit better maybe yeah. because where he is a younger guy, yes. I think that maybe the age gap kind of got in in between maybe him and Jed, maybe. So I think a guy that's a little bit younger can connect to Jed a little bit better. Because, I mean, he what is he, like 24, 25 yeah, now? Yeah, he's not, he's not older than 26. I know that. He's one of the fourth, third or fourth year of his deal. Like, yeah, he's he's a young guy and younger than Conklin for sure. I think, yeah. he, again, financially, it's not almost identical, but it's close. I think yeah. you bank on the youth a little bit there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just interesting to see how they go because, like, I mean, you're going to trust what A.B. decides because yeah. one of these guys is the odd man out, and I know it's not going to be DeWan Jones. So Yeah, definitely not. And I like we just talked about, I hope they don't transition to Juan Jones. I hope they don't try to move him over. Granted, I do think the ceiling would be higher if they successfully did it. But oh, yeah. like, you got a really good thing going at right tackle. I think mm-hmm. the only way to screw this up is if they keep all three, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the cap, because, I mean, you'd be paying one guy to ride the bench – 15 million. I mean, unless one of them just goes down and then you'll be like, okay, that was a smart decision. Yeah. But I mean, you're banking on them playing the full season. Yeah. I was going to say, you can't, in that decision, you'd be banking on one of them going down with an injury and you can't bank on that either. So yeah, Yeah. I'm with you. I think depth, huge, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Let's shift over to the defensive side of the ball with that depth we talked about in the combine. Word on the street is that the Browns are letting Zadarius Smith test the market, but they want mm-hmm. him back. I think that's kind of a feeling for probably 80% of teams when they look at certain players, but they're going to let him test the market. They want to bring him back. I personally think it's a huge reason that Miles Garrett is so successful. I think having a second edge rusher is you know, crucial to the success mm-hmm. of your number one on the other side, and I think that was partially the reason the Browns are so good this year. What do you think? Do you think they should bring Zadarius Smith back? Because he will cost a pretty penny to bring back. Hey, man, he's a Kentucky Wildcat, so you know mm-hmm. I'm going to be go. all about bringing him back. Okay. I mean, but, I mean, opposite side of Miles, he's been the best edge rusher that we've had to compliment him. I mean, he came in, just dominated. I mean, there's some really big plays down the stretch when Miles wasn't 100% that he was making. So I, I think that that's a smart move if they bring him back. And I think that he might take a like a discount, not like a huge discount, but just like a be like, you know what, Cleveland, you guys rock. We'll run it back. Like one of them top. Yeah, I do think that that is a real thing because it. you listen to what some of the Browns players talk about, Jim Schwartz, the camaraderie of that defense. I was listening to, I believe it was Alex Wright, talk about it. Part of the reason that defense struggled at the end of the year was because he felt the camaraderie wasn't as strong. And, you know, for whatever reason, we're not in the locker room, we don't know, but that camaraderie mm-hmm. is a very real thing. And I think the Browns internally know that if they're all healthy, they can foster that community, that camaraderie within the locker room. They have a mm. special, special unit. And I do think that's a real thing because Zadarius Smith is not getting towards the tail end of his career, but he's a little bit older. He's going to want to go somewhere where he can win. And I think there are a couple teams that he can go to that he can win. I think Detroit is a huge, huge uh, thing for him. And I think he could totally fit in there opposite of Aiden Hutchinson. They got money, but – at the yeah. end of the day, is that is that really what you want to do? Do you really want to leave a team that you are familiar with the system on that was really good that has mm-hmm. like 
granted, both fan bases are very good, but that has those fans, that atmosphere. It's it's a it's a tough decision. I I would probably come down to the financials, to be honest with you, because I do think the Browns have to beef up elsewhere. Like linebacker play, it's got to be better. I mean, another receiver like we talked about, ensuring mm-hmm. you have offensive line depth. Like I think there are not other priorities, but other areas of interest for sure. Well, I mean, if they really like Alex Wright, because Alex Wright, he was coming on with it down down the he stretch. Was. I yes, mean, he was. he kind of shocked me because I wasn't very impressed with him last year or the year before last. So, I mean, the way he played last year, like, really shocked me. I was like, okay, okay, A.B., I see what you cook. So, yep. I mean, they may want to see what he has in there. Um, but I really hope they bring back Z. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think bring like trying to replicate what you did last year defensively is your best recipe to, for success because mm-hmm. offensively, I'm not going to say it can't get worse, but the injuries probably can't get worse than what it was last year. So yeah. you trust the guys you put on, you put on the field, you trust and hope in their production and you build something similar to what you had defensively last year. Like you're going to be in a really good spot. I think everybody knows that. I think everybody mm-hmm. looks at this Browns defense too and, up front, you just don't want to play him. And I was a huge proponent in Dalvin Tomlinson last offseason. I thought that was the signing of the past couple of years. But yeah, when when you have him clogging the middle, you have a threat like Miles Garrett on the edge. Even if you don't bring back Darius Smith, you have Oboe, Gronkwo, who can get after the quarterback. Probably not an every down guy, but on third down, if you get put him in that position, can get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You don't want to throw to either of the outside corners. Like Greg Newsom's been good in the slot. If your safeties are healthy too, you you go deep in that room. Like, there's a lot of things on this defense that scares opponents away, and I think mm-hmm. replicating that. Hopefully, you get your two best offensive skill players back in Nick Chubb and Deshaun Watson, and you're yeah. better offensively. Which is crazy to think that they were still at least at the back half of the year good offensively without those two guys. It's insane. Yeah, no, it's a yeah. I mean, that's props to uh, Kevin Stefanski. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, he, he got in his bag down the stretch. He did. He did. I'm curious to see what the play calling looks like now. I think very clearly it was a, a tailoring to Deshaun Watson, the move to bring Ken Dorsey in. And I think it was necessary, mm-hmm. like long overdue to tailor to Deshaun Watson. But mm-hmm. I'm fascinated to see it. I'm fascinated to see it. I think offensively this team has a lot. I will ask you before we go, though, three players you would like to see the Browns bring in, whether it's re-signing bringing in from free agency, drafting, three players. I can go first if you don't have them off the top of your head, but three players you want the Browns to bring in. Uh, it's up to you, man. Like, I can, Okay, well, I can go. I'll, I'll kick there. off, I'll kick off right. with, with two that I've talked about on past episodes. I think these are both receivers, believe it or not, but receiver <laughs> depth is going to be huge. I think a guy that's mm-hmm. kind of been pushed under the pile a little bit is Darnell Mooney. I think Darnell Mooney mm-hmm. is not a guy who's going to be super expensive in the off season, he's not going to be a guy that is going to demand a ton of money. And I don't know if he'd be okay with a receiver three role, but mm-hmm. he, he would welcome it, especially on a team where there are other quality guys around him, probably on a better team than the bears mm-hmm. as well. I think Mooney's another guy. We talked about dynamic returners. I know the Browns will probably get grant back this year. How he is after a soft tissue injury like that is a question mark for me. I know mm-hmm. a lot of Browns fans did not like when I said this originally, but I will say it again. I do think Kadarius Tony is worth a shot, uh, whether it's a return guy, whether it's bringing him in as a gadget guy offensively. The Browns don't really have that guy. They tried to do it with Elijah Moore, and it didn't work. So mm-hmm. I, I think it is worth a shot. 
the off-field stuff is very, very real, so I do understand that. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think it's it's worth a shot. And again, he is not going to demand a ton of money either. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the only thing, it, yeah, is that off-season stuff with yeah. uh, Tony there. But I like the Mooney one. That's kind of fell under the radar. No, mm-hmm. Not many people has really talked about that one. Um, but two, I'll go with two, okay. which it's going to kind of depend Okay, so I've got I've ran multiple scenarios on wide receivers. Okay. So if the Browns, because there's two wide receivers in free agency I really like, and I've got the draft one that I want to like tag with them. Okay. So if they go, I really like Gabe Davis. I know That's it might good. be a little expensive to get him, but I mean he'd be a solid number two. He knows Ken Dorsey. Go look at the stats. I mean, seven touchdowns in the last I want to say three out of the last four years. And he's already got 27 touchdowns in those first four years. So he gets you points. Yes, he does. Um, and if we take him, I want Xavier Worthy in the draft. Mm-hmm. So we got a okay. speed guy that can take off the top, a bigger possession guy. Um, but I do want a speedster. If we go through free agency, I want Marquise Brown. Mm-hmm. And then in I the like draft, that. Xavier Leggett. Oh, okay. Okay, I like that. So, I, think, I think Hollywood Brown is a – he will be a hot commodity. I think people mm-hmm. will understand the receiver that he can be. Obviously, like you can't teach at speed, but I think he's a better a better receiver than people get to give him credit for. I think that's a great call. I, I think the fact that we just all went receiver is exactly shows exactly what the Browns need. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Defensively, you'll be okay. Jim Schwartz coached unit. They were great last year. We trust him to do it again. Can we get more playmakers on offense? That's the question. We'll see who it's going to be. Obviously, we got a long offseason, but Christian, yeah. we appreciate you for hopping on. Any last words well, for the Browns you. fans before we uh, hop off? Um, Always, go Browns. Go Browns. You want to plug your socials so everybody has them as well? Oh, um, the Twitter is KF Christian. Uh, you can follow me there. You can follow our podcast. It's Down with the Browns. Um, the at on Twitter is DWTB underscore, um, and it's Down with the Browns on all the other stuff. But uh, thank you, man. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Christian. This is the Dog Check presented by Bet Online. We will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.